0: First of all, I want to say, uh, Pastors Brooke and Darren, um, Cincinnati is blessed to have you both here in this city. This church is blessed. The Bible says, give honor to who honors due. I remember when I first met Pastor Darren, uh, a friend introduced us mutually, and the first thing I thought was, man, this man's got the spirit. (laughs) And then uh, he introduced me to Pastor Brooke, and I said, man, this woman's got the spirit, too. <laughs> and I begin to see the things that they would lay and the foundation that they would build in this city. And I am grateful that you both are here. And I can't wait to see what God is going to do through this church. Y'all just getting started. <laughs> Watch out. So thank you for inviting uh, us to be here to speak. And uh, I want to pray as I get us started. We're in the Kingdom Series. Will you pray with me as we get started? Heavenly Father, we pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus that you would open up our hearts. God, you would open up our ears to hear what you have to say to your church. God, I pray where blinders has been placed by the devil, you would come and you would remove those blinders. Father, I pray for the men of God in this house that when they hear these words that are spoken, their spirits would leap and they would stand up to be the mighty men of God that they are. Father, I pray for the women in this house that when they hear this word that they would rise up and become the leading ladies that they are. And God, I pray for the children that are represented in this place. The Joshua's, the Caleb's, the, the Noah's, the, the, the moseses who will walk into the Pharaoh's house and say, let my people go. God, I pray that something will rise up in the children in the house of God this morning. Yes. Father, this morning we've come to, to worship, but we've also come to hear about the ideals of your kingdom. So we pray you will send down your angels. Fill up every spirit into this place and guard it as we teach the word of God. We pray that every lion thing that the enemy has sowed into anybody that's coming into this atmosphere, depression, humiliation, shame, whatever the enemy has sowed into the hearts. God, I pray right now that it will be released that there is no shame in the kingdom of God. So Father, I pray that you will confirm your word. For those who are watching this online, I pray that you would soften their hearts. We need you, we need you, we need you, we need you. In Jesus' name, and the church said, if you've ever been on a vacation, my wife, when she studied, she went to Paris. And you know, the Eiffel Tower, is a beautiful thing. If you've ever seen a mountain on vacation, it's a beautiful thing. And oftentimes we used to send postcards. We don't do that anymore. We send our Instagram chat, right? Our Instagram photo. But here's the thing oftentimes a photo cannot capture the glory of the thing that we see in person. Although a picture is worth a thousand words, a picture is oftentimes short a thousand realities. You see, in that Instagram photo, I can't capture the glory of the mountain that you saw while you were on vacation. You can't catch the glory of the Eiffel Tower. You can't hear the people speaking in another language. You can't smell the food of Paris in that photo. So although it captures the glory of it, it often falls short of the glory of it. And so God, in his divine wisdom, follow me here, When he created the heavens and the earth, the Bible says the heavens and the earth declare the glory of God. The sky pours forth its speech day after day, night after night. There's not a day where the sun doesn't wake up and give God glory. Are you with me? Simultaneously, when he created human beings, he had the same thing in mind. I don't create postcards. I'm going to put my glory in them. You see, I believe that because we are created and we are destined to be image bearers of God, to be the head and not the tail. I don't know what depression has told you, but you are meant for something. There's only, you got one DNA in you. God had created human beings to give him glory and to bring his dominion and his kingdom here on this earth. Heaven, Psalms says heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. As I listen to Pastor Darren preach his face off over all these other videos that I've been watching, and Pastor Brooke preach about the power of prayer, he talked about the kingdom of heaven was brought down to earth. Amen? God breathed his glory into man and woman. And now, watch this. You notice everything in the New Testament, in the book of Genesis, God gave them dominion over things. But the thing he didn't give them dominion of was over each other. Oh, I'm going to say that again. Men, the things he gave them dominion over was not each other. Women, the things, so, so when we're in this intimate relationship as a family, it's not this notion that, that I'm the man, you're going to listen to me. He didn't give them dominion over each other, uh-uh. So men, if that's how you've been running your house, I'm here to rebuke you. Mighty men and leading ladies. What makes a man mighty is that he allows, not allows, forgive me, is that he can stand by his wife. He can stand by his woman while she leads. That's what makes him mighty. And so God creates this glory. He breathes life into him. And from there, something tragic happened. They had the fall of man, we all know that story, where they were tempted, they fall. The relationship between um, God and man was fractured, right? It was broken. And then not only the relationship between man and God, the relationship between God, uh, between each other. We see murder happen shortly after, thereafter that. And things just kind of went wrong, right? And so from then, watch this, God Almighty was on a rescue mission. He was on the biggest adventure you could ever possibly imagine or dream of. He set that adventure for thousands of years. He was waiting that in the fullness of time, his son will be born to redeem all of humanity and to restore the kingdom of God that was broken and that was fractured in all the earth. And so when Jesus came unto the earth, what they was afraid of was not just a preacher, What they was afraid of was not just a Jewish carpenter. What they was afraid of was a king. And so when the king came, he walked the streets. The walk around Jesus. You notice Jesus didn't spend all the time in the temple or the synagogue doing religious things. He was the walk around Jesus, feeding people, healing people, walking with people, (laughs) crying with people. So he came embodied with the glory and the fullness of God. And everything he did hinges around these two things. Two, it hinges around it. He came to teach us, he was a rabbi, a Jewish rabbi, teach us how to live in his father's kingdom. To give us the idea, an idea is a dangerous thing. Hitler Hitler had an idea, look how far that went. Slavery was an idea. Look how far that went. So Jesus came and said, you know what? I'm gonna show them how to do this. I got these ideas about the kingdom of God. There's no shame, <laughs> there's no pain, there's healing, there's prosperity. And he came to teach these ideals, but then he also came to, to give his life on the cross to restore the brokenness that we had, that humans had between God and man. That was the the mission. So when we think about kingdom and when we think about church, at 21st Century Church, we have this phrase. We say, sometimes you have to unlearn what is untrue so that you can relearn what is true so that you can walk after the way of God. So we have this idea of church that we have known that is religious. But see, the very nature of it is that it is kingdom, which means there is a king, there is a Lord, and his way goes. There's no, there's no conversation about this. And so when he came to teach these ideals, he wanted anyone who would follow the, you notice Jesus never led anybody in a sinner's prayer. What did he say? Follow me. Follow me, because I need you to come watch this kingdom stuff happen right in front of your eyes. I need you to see. I need you to follow me. And if you can't follow me, if you can't follow me and learn of me, how am I going to expect you to spread my teaching to other people? So, in essence, Jesus was bound to those disciples after he was with them for three years because nobody else walked with him intimately enough to know his story. He was bound to them. And so now we're in the New Testament. Jesus is coming to restore the kingdom, establish it on earth, to pay the ultimate penalty on the Christ uh, on the cross. And I want to turn in my Bible for our keynote scripture. That's, I want to unpack something for you all here. Is that okay? Okay, let's go... Um, To Matthew chapter 16, Matthew chapter 16. As you're turning there, what we talked about so far this morning was the glory of God in man and woman into the New Testament, the adventure, the mission of Jesus, the Jewish Messiah, to teach the kingdom and to give his life as a ransom on the cross. And so we're about to talk about what we're going to talk about this morning is kingdom Maturity. Kingdom maturity. And I believe for us to actually be able to mature as vessel united, we've got to fundamentally understand the mission of the church and mature in our viewpoint of what the church is and our viewpoint of what pastors Darren and Book are trying to accomplish here in this local assembly. So what we're about to do is we're about to unlearn. I'm gonna ask you to give me 48 hours before you say this man is crazy, is that all right? So just give me 48 hours, reserve judgment on what I'm about to teach, let's go. Matthew 16, verse 16. Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter and on this, Rock, you could underline that, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Ooh, I feel it. That he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. All right, can we unpack this a little bit? Okay, I'm going to go into a bit of a history lesson here. So the first thing is this. Jesus said, Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church, okay? Underline church in your Bible. Second thing, this was written in context somewhere. So let me give you the context. They were at a place called uh, Caesarea of Philippi. That's where they were at. In that place, they literally had a place called like the Gates of Hades, It's, it's, it's there. And in Caesarea of Philippi, they literally had a rock that was 100 feet tall by 300 foot wide. And that's where they would offer sacrifices to the God of Pan. Look it all up. It's just Jewish history. So when Jesus was having this conversation, it's like me saying, Pastor Darren and Pastor Brooke, meet me by the fountain downtown. We all know where they're going to meet me. So when he said, upon this rock, I will build my church, this was a pagan place that they were worshiping God at and in their mind they understood hold on hold on you're gonna build your church where here in this pagan place so one of the things you can highlight historically Jesus took all these men to this far out place where that was godless to show them that my church is gonna be built right here too so that's just history let's pack history some more the word church that you see there is translated over 111 times in the New Testament Bible. There is a man by the name of William Tinsdale who got burned at the stake because of this translation. Follow me here. He thought in his prudence in his journals around 15, in the 1500s, somewhere around there, he was writing that he felt it was credible not to translate this as church but to translate this as ecclesia or the assembly, the called out ones. Follow me. But at that time, the the Rome, they had so much power and they wanted to mix religion with the church so that they can take it over. So William was like, "I, I can't translate this this way. Because if I show that the church is not a building, the kingdom of God is not a building, it's a called out ecclesia, the people might take the power in their hands, and they might begin to really live out the kingdom of God. It was a power struggle. It was a power struggle so that God's people would know it's the ecclesia, it's the called out assembly. And each one of you has a mission. Each one of you has a mandate. Each one of you has something to do with the mission of God, to build the kingdom of God on this earth. They would joke and they would often say, you know, if I could talk to the men, oh, Christianity is weak, you know, blah, 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 blah. No, nah, nah. It's the greatest adventure you'll ever go on. And so he's telling them, I'm gonna build my church upon the ecclesia. Now, watch this. He could have used temple. You remember the temple? He didn't use the word temple. Watch this. He could have used the word synagogue. He didn't use synagogue either. He intentionally used ecclesia. Let's unpack it a little bit more. When he said, I'm gonna build my church upon this ecclesia, His disciples was like, oh man, this dude is, is, I'm from New Orleans, that's where I grew up. I was born in Africa. So we use this this term called it, right? You know, so so when his disciples was like, when they heard, oh, I'm about to build my ecclesia, they was like, this dude is for real, for real. Here's what they heard, historical context, when he said that. In the Pax Romana history, that means the peace, Pax Romana, the peace of Rome because Rome had almost taken over the entire known world. So there was some language in the Pax Romana that everybody understood at that time because Rome was the kingdom in charge. Here's one of those words that everybody knew. It was not spiritual either. It's "Uyengelion." sounds like the good news is what it is. And so when your tribe or kingdom submitted, Rome would nail their evangelion announcement, their good news announcement, to a post for all to see. And they would say, good news, Rome is here to take over. You're going to have peace. You're going to have tranquility. Just, just don't fight back. <laughs> just let Rome have dominion over you. Good news. You'll be protected. Rome has the biggest army. So when they heard good news back there, it wasn't a religious term like Jesus. No, it was like, oh, somebody's like about to take us over. Historical context. a second aspect, the word salvation. In his book, Christ and the Caesars, German theologian Elfbert Stauffer said this, salvation is to be found in none other save Caesar Augustus. And there is no other name given to men in which they can be saved. So when we talk about salvation, it's not spiritual. It's literally when you were dominated, Caesar would say, you've been saved by me. That's why in the book of Acts, they were saying these men are running crazy preaching that salvation is found in the name of Jesus. That's why they wanted them to recant and say, No, Jesus is not Lord. Caesar is Lord. Jesus' ideas was overthrowing the whole entire Roman kingdom. One man with one idea and his teachings and his death on the cross was getting ready to establish a whole new kingdom and write every with an idea. Furthermore, There's this term we have, it's called the Conventus Civium Romanorum. And that, I'm not gonna read it to you, but I'm gonna tell you what it was. It's an assembly of, of men that would come together over about 200, and when they would come together, it's this whole idea when this ecclesia would come together, whenever they were there, they brought the power of Rome in the house. Whenever that ecclesia was there. So if Rome conquered a place, whenever they had an ecclesia or an assembly, that means Rome is in the house. So when Jesus was saying, When two or more gather in my name, I will come on. He was talking about his ecclesia. And this ecclesia's job was to decide whether or not they're gonna to go to war, to make judgments, to 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 enforce the things that are about Roman Rome kingdom. You see, the thing about kingdoms in a democracy that is hard for us to understand is this, look, somebody's going to run the world. Whether we like it or not, somebody's going to run the world. And God created a system of kings and priests and said, you know what, nobody's going to have dominion over anyone, y'all. You don't need a king. Just live by my ways and live in peace and harmony. I am your king. But since the king has left many People have come with their own fiefdoms to try to take power. The kingdom of God is the only place that doesn't take from people. It doesn't doesn't take from them, but it comes in in humility, in submission, and washes the people's feet, cares for the people. Where there's poverty, the kingdom comes and solves poverty. Where there's hate, the kingdom brings light and justice. It does it from its knees. It does not do it with military power and military force. Let me tell you this. The church, as we contend for a mature kingdom maturity, the ecclesia, the church in America and globally must understand that a president king will not protect Christianity. No, a president king will subjugate it and use it for its own personal gain. History has taught us this. When Constantine put the, put the church at the center, they thought it was great revival. But Constantine used his power to manipulate the church and take over the whole Roman Catholic church. And that's where we begin to get crusades and wars. And, he, and he, then after that, many other people, they killed so many of the other Christians who wouldn't follow the king. So when you enmesh politics with the kingdom, Politics will always subjugate the kingdom. So this word that Pastor Darren heard this morning, that was from the Lord. Because I didn't add this to my message till this morning. It was about 3 a.m. this morning, sometime around that. Vessel United will not be divided by what's about to come in politics in these next six months. Because the kingdom of God is at stake. Will we be frustrated? Yes. Will we will be upset. But go to your brother, go to your sister. Don't confront them, care front them with care, with humility, like the kingdom, and say, Brother, you hurt me when I heard you say this or you. Work that out one to one. Don't let that stuff spread like a cancer throughout this body. And so we see Gileon, we see Salvation, we see Convictus simium Romanorum. We see that they had a framework to understand an assembly that was used to build a kingdom. So once again, when Jesus said, I'm going to build my ecclesia, and the gates of hell won't prevail against it, they're like, this dude is about to build an assembly of people. That's why when he was resurrected, they say, okay, is it time now? In the book of Acts, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of heaven? They're like, let's go. What 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 is the point of what I'm sharing with you? It's kingdom maturity for us to understand the responsibility of the ecclesia which we call church. I'm not gonna throw the baby out with the bathwater and just say we're never gonna use the word church. I just want us to get the fundamental understanding of what it meant. Church is a good thing. It's a fellowship, to be in the house of God. That is a good thing. We're not throwing the baby out with the bathwater, but I want us to understand the origin of it was a true assembly. So kingdom maturity understands the responsibility of the church, that Jesus was on a mission, and he gave that mission to us. So by default, you cannot call yourself a church if you're not on mission. The church was designed to fulfill the mission of God. It needs some strong, mighty men. It needs some leading ladies. It needs some people that's ready to bring the heat. And so I want to talk about there's. Saying yes to the mission of the church or the ecclesia, that's kingdom maturity. Just saying yes. I'm in, let's go, let's do this. I'm in. We come into this house, this worship team was amazing. Y'all need to cut a CD. We come into this house to, to worship God, to be filled with the spirit, but as an assembly, we go out. That's why it's so important that every young man, every young woman, every student in this place, you know your assignment. I'm going to say that again. You know your assignment. In life, in your family, and in this church. If you don't know it, please have a talk with pastors Darren and Brooke. Connect with the leadership team. Because to build the kingdom of God, everybody's got to be on a wall, working, working. If you're not on the wall working, you handing the paint to the man or woman on the wall working, but you involved somewhere. And so kingdom maturity has three aspects of it. It has many more, but this morning what I want to talk about is these three aspects. It has mission, it has worship, and it has discipleship. Mission, worship, and discipleship. Mission, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, mission. You know, I love you all so much. I don't even know you, but I love you. For many years, I've been pastoring for 14 years, and and y'all don't know this about me, but I cry. Many nights, I don't even go to sleep because of the state of the church in the 21st century. We need a shift. We can't keep going on like this, y'all. And so this stuff that I'm teaching, this ain't just teaching, this is my life. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and I say it with love. Those online is with love. It says this, for we are all baptized by one spirit. So as for one body, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free, we are all given one spirit to drink. So when you are part of a vessel united, You might be kicking the tires around right now, making the decision whether this is gonna be your church or not. I need you to make that decision. It's okay to visit for a little bit and check things out for a little bit. But if you're a saint, when you're baptized into the kingdom of God, you are baptized into the global kingdom. But then you covenant with this family to do God's work in this house These people pray for you, they love you, they think about you. So kingdom maturity is understanding the responsibility of the covenant relationship of what it means to say I am part of Vessel United for this season in my life. And I'm ready to go to work, Pastor. Let's do this. So kingdom maturity understands that we are bringing the kingdom of God to earth through the local assembly, the local church that we covenant with. This takes money. This takes finances. <laughs> uh, my friend, uh, one of my mentors used to say, "You know, in ministry, money is like air, you need it to breathe. <laughs> Only two people laughed. <laughs> He's like, if you're scared to talk about money in the kingdom, you out your mind. How do you expect to do anything? You need it, it's like air, you need it to breathe. So being a part of the mission and understanding kingdom maturity that the church is a mission, you connect yourself with the local assembly, you serve, you give, you work as y'all are building the kingdom of God, This right in this community right in this area and this is just the beginning it's going to reach well beyond this area It's just the beginning so mission is part of kingdom maturity the second thing is worship romans chapter 12 verse 1 this house is anointed for worship and so we do understand worship has that framework of singing a song or lifting our hearts in prayer in addition worship also has this framework of romans 12 chapter 1 which says therefore i urge you brothers and sisters in view of god's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifice so i want you to sing your song in the house but i also want you to offer your body as a living sacrifice outside the house as an ecclesia holy and pleasing to god this is your true and proper worship So what does stepping into maturity looks like in worship? Man, it looks like this. This is the hardest thing, I think, for every single Christian to understand. If I was to call you for something, if I say, I need to call, um, young man, what's your name? I need this, fill in the blank, I'm going to call Jack. Whatever that blank is, Part of living for the kingdom, let's not have that blank be 65 different things. What is somebody gonna call you for? Well, you need a lawyer in the phone book. You don't go to the plumbing section. Why is that important? Because living your life as a worship sacrifice means that your life is means something. It means that at the end of the day, they're going to look at you and say, "This here lies this man or woman. This is how they change the world. That's where depression comes from. That's where, long, that's where all this stuff comes from. Because we, if we live a life without meaning, we feel like our life doesn't have meaning. But remember, God put glory inside of you. So just because you got a job, that means you're living life. Just because you make 150000 a year or whatever you make doesn't mean you got a life for the kingdom. And that's why so many people have the houses, the cars, the marriage, everything they want, they're still unhappy. So living your life as a worship to God, it's a small pivot change. And that pivot change is, I'm thankful for my job, I'm thankful for my family, I'm thankful for everything I got, but I got a purpose behind this and through the hard times, through the sad times, through the times where i just feel like giving up, i just feel like i can't i can't i can't because my blank that line i'm going to be remembered for this. I'm going to be remembered for this. I got to keep living. I got to keep pulling in my purpose. And when i said it's the hardest thing, we're so used to, we're so used to say, "Oh God, what do you want me to do with my life? Oh God, where should i go? Oh God, oh God." And God is like, son and daughter, you got glory. You pick and let's go. You pick and let's go. You decided and let's go. I got you. I'm with you. You give them hell. Sorry, I don't know if that's a curse word, but you, 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 you go. You, you get at it with your life. You partner as a leading lady, you partner with your mighty men, and together y'all have a vision, and y'all bring the heat. Both of you have to have vision. Both of you have to have purpose. So that's what worship is all about. Yes, we sing. Yes, we get filled with the Holy Spirit in his presence, but we also know I've got to give this life. I've got to pour it out for something now for some of y'all living your life as a sacrifice you might be like ah i'm used to sacrificing everything i'm used to giving up something for you living your life as a sacrifice it might actually mean desiring something i'm gonna say that again for many of us we've gone around living life in the kingdom with no desires and the ability maybe from past hurts past pains the ability to actually desire something in the kingdom has been cut off. And if you're in that place, I'm so sorry whatever has happened to you. I'm so sorry whatever has caused you to stop dreaming, for, 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 to, to stop pushing. But look, today is the day to start going. Listen, the rear view mirror is five times smaller than the front windshield because you can't live life looking in. The, you can't drive looking in the rear view mirror. The front windshield is big, it's glorious. You lose a rear view mirror just to look back a little bit so you don't make those mistakes, so you don't fall into the same traps. But many of us don't have desire because we live in life looking in the rear view mirror and we crash in everything everywhere. We say this at our church. You can't, it's really difficult to pray over unrepentant sin. You can pray your face off and fast as you blew in the face. If you don't repent of that stuff or change your thinking, you're making it hard for God. And so I want to encourage everyone in here. If you've been through something difficult in your life, if somebody has hurt you, somebody has left you, somebody has disowned you, I want you to live with desire. Because we need you in the kingdom. So kingdom maturity knows that there's mission. It knows that there's worship. Whew. Just join me in prayer for a moment. Just join me in prayer for a moment. I sense the spirit in this place. Ooh, I sense the spirit in this place. There's some people being set free right now. Ooh. Those of you who are watching online, what is God setting you free of? What is God giving you desire to pick up again? Ooh. I see the mighty men in this church. I see the leading ladies in this church rising up right now. For the youth in this church, God, let them show our city what it's like to have a, a, a youth ministry that's on revival, that's full of the Holy Ghost, Lord God. God, I pray for the youth leaders in this place. Hmm. The youth in this church, I declare, you have a role in the ministry of what God is doing in this place. Your role is not little. You're, you're not, we're not waiting to see what you're going to do. No, you're doing what you're going to do. So, Father, I pray that you would raise up the young men and the young leading ladies in this church. Protect them, I pray. Amen. The third thing in kingdom maturity is discipleship. Discipleship. One of the the concepts of mighty men and, and leading ladies came from one of our ministry residents. We have a leadership residency at our church which we're planning and her name is miss ashley edelin and she talks about mighty men and and leading ladies and oneia and i we have jokingly said we know we're building a church off of discipleship if we can close our eyes and point to any member of the church and and say ma'am you are now in charge that the whole church will understand that everybody's been discipled so well, the whole church will understand the mission and the vision, and they would rally behind this woman, and we wouldn't skip a beat. That's the fruit of discipleship, of pouring into other people. But then multiplication comes in when the person you have poured into now is pouring into someone else. That's multiplication. So the kingdom on earth, the vision that God has. I want to watch my words. It's real hard for it to grow without multiplication. And I know many of us have been hurt from different churches, from different backgrounds. So it's hard for us to stick anywhere long enough to really get the covenant relationship, the discipleship and the mentorship that we need. But discipleship is maturity. How do I know that? Watch this. There's a story in the New Testament Bible, and it's about a soldier. And he went to Jesus. He told Jesus, I am a man under authority, and I come to you for healing from the one under authority over me. And Jesus said, okay, I'll go to your house. The man said, no, 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 you don't need to go to my house. I'm under authority, and I know what it's like. I say, go here, go here, go here. He said, you just need to speak a word. Jesus spoke the word and he went home to get healing. Look, look, look. This is what being under authority does in your life. That man was a soldier. The person that was under his authority, he was seeking Jesus for their healing. Ooh, did you get that? The person that was under his authority, this man in authority left them and went seeking Jesus, not for his own pride and gain. That's what authority does. It has somebody that's covering you. But then watch this. He told Jesus, I myself are under authority. So creating an atmosphere of discipleship is everybody's under authority. Everybody's walking with each other, learning and growing. So this stuff that I'm teaching, this is kingdom maturity because I tell you, it will be really hard to build the kingdom of God without mission, knowing your purpose, Without worship and without discipleship, it's hard to become mature. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 19 through 20, he says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing, excusing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, who, and teaching them to obey. Oh, I love God, but I hate his word. I love Jesus, but I, I, oh, I, just, I just don't do that whole Bible. Thing. Well, what you teaching them? How you gonna teach? What, what, what do we have to teach? I have, and surely I am with you always to the end of the age. With our leadership residency, the team, we often ask a question, how do you teach somebody to obey in the kingdom? Because the kingdom is like come under, it's serving. You teach somebody to obey, by actually living out the stuff that you preach. They, people can't obey if they don't see it working for you. That's just common sense. <laughs> this, this ain't working for you. What you I'm not doing that. <laughs> it makes it go down a little easier when it's working for you. And you can say, look, 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 look at how God's ideas has worked in my life. <sighs> Kingdom maturity. I'm going to close with this statement. It's saying yes to the mission of the house, sowing, giving, supporting, man, crying together, hurting together, going through the real stuff of life together. It's committing, covenanting to a mission. It's worship and it's discipleship. And with those three things together, whew, y'all going to turn this city upside down. I mean that there's over 2.4 million people in greater Cincinnati we have some of the highest poverty rates homelessness uh, uh, food deserts and I can go on and on and on of where we need the ecclesia to come out and join so I'm going to close in prayer and then I'm going to invite Pastor Darren up as I close in prayer and I just want to just spend about three minutes is that okay just in prayer and I want to I want to pray over you I want to pray over those who are watching this as well. I just want to spend a few moments praying. God, I pray over your beloved, beautiful church called Vessel United. Woo! God, I pray over the youth of this church. Woo! I pray that they do not compromise to the things of this world nor would they judge the world, but they would come and love it and bring the kingdom of God into spaces on their football teams, on their basketball teams, in their classes, oh God. God, I pray for the young females in the youth ministry, God. I pray that you would raise these women up to be leading ladies, God. To do some unbelievable things through their lives, Lord God. God, I pray for the, the young men in this youth ministry, oh God. Give them vision. Give them vision. Ooh, that's it right now. He's Some of you young people, he's giving you vision right now. Even those who are watching, if you're a student and you're watching, Lord, give them vision, Lord God. Awaken something in them, God, a fire that they can't quench, Lord God. Give them the resources. Give them the protection to see that vision come to pass. God, I pray for the, for, the, for the women in this house, oh God. God, I pray for those who have been, who have been hurt by men, who have been abused by men, who have, been, who have been taken advantage of by men. God, I pray for their healing right now in the name of Jesus. I hope that they know that that man doesn't represent you, oh God. Give them strength as a leading lady to look through that front windshield and move forward with strength and build their life, God. And God, send them a man that's worthy of them. God, I pray for the men in this house who are trying hard to be the man that you have called them, but they're falling short. Men, don't give up. Men, hang in there. Don't give up. 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 Don't I'm telling you this because I live this. Don't give up. Don't give up, man. Don't give up. 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 The bank account don't look right. Your life is not built on your bank account. It's built on your love for your family. Don't give up. Gotta fill that bank account, man. We believe this whole toxic masculinity that a man is only known for what he can do and for how good he can be. No, 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 that's not it. Your life is not based on that. Although those things are important, that's not your root. My wife has been teaching me this, breaking me down in this, teaching me this. God, fill the men up in this house. Don't Men, don't give up. God, give them vision. For their, if they're underemployed, Father, I pray that you give them vision for a business, and God, I pray you give them finances for that business, oh God. God, and the men in this place, if they're depressed, God, I pray right now, I rebuke that spirit in the name of Jesus, and I pray for peace and joy. And Father, with the spiritual aspect of depression, I pray for the men in this house, God, if they're lonely or depressed, I pray that they will find a good counselor. When we mix counseling with the Spirit of God, we can get true healing. So God, I pray for spiritual healing, and I pray for healing in the natural for the men watching this, and for the men that are here. We need you. This mission that God has called us on, we need some mighty men and some leading ladies. So God, strengthen the men. God we submit our hearts as you taught us to pray deliver us from evil deliver us from our sin if there's anybody in this place if you know you're walking in, 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 in disobedience in any way the word of God says love your wife maybe you're just mad and you, and you sin and repent love your spouse wives maybe you're mad honor your spouse kids honor your, honor your father honor your mother we got work to do. So, Father, we thank you for Vessel United. Protect the lives of pastors Darren and Book and this whole entire leadership team. Let the city learn from them. Let the city ex- uh, receive their ministry and bless everyone who's connected to this house. Who and let us build Your kingdom in Jesus' name. And everybody said. Thank you for joining me today. I trust and believe that God's word has strengthened your faith. Why don't you visit me at darrenfarmer.com and let's do life together on all social media platforms. And as always, your prayers and your financial giving is always welcome. God bless you.